So, Wes, I was thinking, um, Wes? Oh, shit. Hold on. I forgot to call him. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, there you are. I'm here, Clay. I heard, I heard your sun-kissed <laughs> snap open. <laughs> <laughs> and For your information, it was a hop, it was a hoplark hop water. <laughs> I'm not actually a Q, unfortunately. I'm just kind of a retired cop, and uh, <laughs> at least I, you showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Good Klingon death screen slash Elorian <laughs> entry <laughs> summon, though. Did you didn't have um? Did you buy the bottle of Canar? Is that you, or did, were you just talking I didn't. about it? Okay. No, I, I should have, but I, I haven't. The only ones I have so far, I still have one bottle of um, the Starfleet Red left. I haven't, I haven't expanded out into the other ones. I want to try them though. Yeah, the the bottle is kind of reminiscent. That's the only reason that I ask about. It. It's the coolest bottle out of all of them, just because how it looks. But, yep. Well, <laughs> we're here to talk about monsters. Hello, patrons. This is the seventh episode of Star Trek Picard's second season, aired on April 14th, 2022, written by Jane Maggs, directed by Joe Menendez in Universe Day 2024. In this one called Monsters, Tallin ventures inside Picard's subconscious mind to help wake him from a coma and face both his darkest secrets and deepest fears. Seven and Rafi go in search of Jurati, who they fear has succumbed to the monster inside her. Rio struggles to hide the truth of who he really is from Teresa until he ex- he just says who he is and he beams her to the ship, but we won't talk about that. Um, so, all right. Well, do we start this one with uh, the episode proper? Do we start with our minds? I'm always prone to talk, like talk about my mindset coming into yeah. these things. Well, um, see, seeing as we have just moved from... Modern Star Trek is one big therapy session into literally just one big therapy session. We may as well get into our mindsets. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. We don't have uh, Gaius Baltar here to, to walk us through this whole situation. Oh, that was him. Yes. I didn't, I didn't look him up, but I was like, oh, I think that's the guy from Battlestar. It took me a long time to recognize him. He looks differently shaped. Like he's obviously older and sort of heavier, but he, he, he just yeah. he kind of looks a little bit different. It might be the uniform, too. It doesn't, doesn't uh, make him look different. <laughs> For a hot second, I thought it was Bashir when they first showed him. I thought it was Bashir, and I, 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 when I was trying to place him, I also thought he was kind of looked like a very sort of much aged version of the guy who plays Cyclops in the X Men movies. Madsen. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Okay. It's just something about him, but I eventually placed it as Guy Spalter. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that series. If you're interested in your patrons, obviously you are. You can go listen to our coverage of the pilot for that one or the miniseries. So let's talk about monsters. I guess mindset is a good place to go. Um, I don't know if this is the worst episode of the season, but I I emotionally feel that it was the worst episode of the season. Uh, Man, I was so checked out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know what what, what is going on in this show. It's one of those episodes where Modern Trek does this quite frequently, where... I see a scene like Picard talking to the psychiatrist and I kind of try to pay attention, but I know that they're talking about nonsense and I'm really just waiting for the background scene to change so I can start listening again. Mm -hmm. I like in a better show, the therapy scene is kind of interesting and the dialogue is back and forth in a really interesting way. There's like a give and take and the psychiatrist knows something about it. There's a little bit of a, a mind game scenario because this is not really a therapist office. This is in Picard's mind and something's going mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. you know, something there, or even in the case here where at the end it's revealed that is his father. I don't think I didn't get any subtext that Picard recognizes this guy as he's doing the therapy, Right. No, as far as I was concerned, he didn't recognize him until that second where he said, uh, where after he said son. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost like he said son, and then Picard was like, oh, that's where I know you that's from. That's how I know you. I, I, it's, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I had that scene on, and they're two good actors, right? Like, they're two good yeah. actors doing solid acting. But I thought that the script is so pathetic. It's just so 
boring. I can't. I couldn't believe how boring their conversation was for what's supposed to yes. be. This, like, and I can just preface it by: I'm not a huge fan of these going into the psyche of a character to find their trauma things. Not even. Not even when someone's wearing some sweet mind meld headgear. No, has, she's not a Romulan. That has the, <laughs> the the Vulcan or Romulan the Vulcan uh, ear motif on it i thought that was kind of cool actually oh like, if you're gonna make a i mean the, the the scene was dumb but i was like yeah i guess if you're gonna make a mind meld machine you may as well put some flair on it make it a vulcan vulcan earpiece vulcan bluetooth earpiece yeah, yeah i'm just <laughs> i'd wear that i'm not i don't really i i was predisposed not to like this because this is the kind of episode i really don't like like even great yeah. shows i think have a hard time with these episodes uh like Sopranos dream sequences are kind of infamous for this where it, mm-hmm. I, I at least understand the artistry that's going into the Sopranos. Like I understand what they're trying to say in those scenes. I just don't like them all that much. And they never took a whole episode, I don't think. But yeah. I don't know. So that, it had it stacked against me. And I just I found those psychiatry scenes with the two of them just like to be a colossal waste of two great actors who you would think it would have something to talk about. And they end up not having anything to talk about. Yeah, um, each time they had one of those scenes, I had to rewind it and listen to it again because I kept kind of like sort of zoning out and not really um, thinking I was getting everything. And on rewatch through after I hit the 15 second button, I was like, no, I didn't miss anything. No, it's um, no subtext. There's just yeah. nothing going on with them. <clears throat> the I don't know what these scenes are about because they are in the middle of a story that has nothing to do with the things he's struggling with at this moment and has is dealing with stuff that was only touched on briefly in the first episode and it's it's being treated as though this is all like revelatory stuff for Picard as a person which I mean I guess Technically, it is, but as as far as Picard in the story goes, what is he? What is he getting out of this? Except for like realizing that his father wasn't actually a bad guy. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> it goes goes I mean, a long way, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I mean, sorry, Dad. I guess, but um, but he's I, also I, mean, I, I like. I understand what you're saying, and I I just think even on a like a setup pre and almost post this like pre this the character of Jean-Luc Picard has never seemed to really have this concern running through his head right and right and as it's happening I'm seeing a fairly old child watch his parents interact with each other and like has he some he's somehow it's not like he's the hazy memory of a three-year-old who's unsure of what's going on the kid is like I don't know, 10, well, 12 so, or something. I, I just don't understand what the block is supposed to be. That's so. It's not even like there was a setup to the situation that his father had to hide what was going on from him for some reason. Right. Like, if you want to apply this to real life, I mean, it is totally believable that a kid that old, and, and even older, honestly, can be can only see one half of that situation and that's the half of of the of the mother who has the has the problems and that builds a certain amount of um uh belief of how things are playing out um that is doesn't have both sides of the story right so he'd um, be biased towards the mother for instance yes yeah. yeah however yeah i mean it's not like this is a picard's secret thing that's been driving him for the 30 years we've known this character it's it just was introduced like five episodes ago so resolving this i don't i don't like i i don't i I can't um, unless i'm missing the entire like subtext and theme of the season i i am not squaring this mother stuff with anything else right and the only thing that it seems to be driving towards is there's a secondary antagonist that was teased but not revealed. Mm-hmm. Right? Because at the end, it's like, oh, she's behind the door. He's like, well, it wasn't me. There's somebody else back there. And they, you know, then he, then he wakes up. Yeah. So, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, just pick, just pick something out of the air. And as crazy as you want and say it's, uh, it, it's Q back there. Right. Okay. Cool. What does that mean to anything? 
You know, uh, it just it's I don't understand. I'm not tracking how this is is playing at all into whatever story they claim to be telling this season, which just again, this feels like somebody wrote an episode, handed it off to somebody else, and then they just made up new stuff. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I think it might just be a sort of television familiarity where I'm, I'm kind of searching for a theme but i i think honestly the show might just be skittering between themes like the yeah the laris stuff that we liked in the first episode i see no way that this can come back and make any kind of sense and and be be resolved in a way that they go like oh i understand now where that yeah. thread was coming from i mean that whole the whole theme that they set up in the first episode is like living without regrets or having the chance to go back and fix the things you regret and there's been like none of that right <laughs> even though they go like, back in time yeah i mean yeah. i does is is he fixing the thing he regrets by having a uh a completely psychosomatic therapy session inside of his brain that has like two inception levels to it for some reason yeah someone someone in the discord i forget who and i should start writing down these names so i don't just keep grabbing quotes from people on uh, unattributed someone pointed out that this is He's this is happening in his mind. So there's really no way that he could give himself new information. Right. It's like a flashback right? where the character learns something by revisiting the memory of their flashback in some movies right. that happens, yeah. And so essentially like I guess the only explanation is that he always knew this was the case but he never wanted to believe it or something. I don't know. Well that that's was, that's my point is that he's an old child who has not he was not separated from his mother and father so that he was You know, where you were describing that maybe he has a bias towards his mother. I would Mm -hmm. understand that if his father was not present in these memories, but he he is. So the the kid is old and he's aware. And just like you would think his father would talk to him about this. This isn't some sort of revelation. It's like your mother's very sick. I don't understand why his father locks his mother in the 24th century in her bedroom as some kind of treatment thing. Like there's all this weird... You know, and if they're saying that the the trauma is from there, the episode is not playing that. The episode is playing the father as a somewhat heroic character at the end who's doing the best for mm-hmm. his wife, even though what he's doing to her seems bizarre and cruel by the standards of the timeline that people are living in. So, I, like, I don't, I don't even know what the show thinks it's trying to say about that kind of stuff or where Picard yeah. would understand it from. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I... Um yeah, I don't really know. I don't. I don't know what where they're going with this stuff, and like, it's not. But this is the end of it. I'm assuming this episode is the end of this trauma for Picard. Well, know? there has to be whatever that secondary reveal thing is. They have to deal with that, right? But I, I think that he. I think what this episode has done is they're saying Picard has fixed himself in oh, the way that yes. the characters on the show, when <laughs> once they're just told to just get back on the horse and do their job, they mm-hmm, fix themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. It seems like his understanding of what was going on with his mother seems to be fixed. Um, Even though it's sadder at this point, is he's fixed, and the story becomes a, like more of a tragedy. I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't. I do have to say the scene, like I think that there is, for better or worse. I mean, clearly knowing knowing Patrick Stewart's personal history, there is there does seem to be some sort of uh, personal demon exercising with this storyline i think yes and i honestly like that scene in the the dungeon or wherever where he reveals that he's picard's father the way that picard says father had like i could feel some stink on it yeah 80 80 years (laughs) of anger towards his own father coming out through that voice and i was like okay i see what's going on with patrick stewart here Mm -hmm. i don't see what's going on with picard here yeah. Patrick Stewart's real life wife is the uh, the singer in this episode. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. You know she she's uh, 43, he's 81. Wow. Yeah. Do you have you do you watch um Righteous Gemstones? No. No, okay, never mind. <laughs> is that about there, is that about elderly elderly men there, having sex with someone younger? Uh Walton 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 Goggins plays this character named Baby Billy who's this older uh, uncle of the main family and who's kind of like a, a, a shifty 
you know, back a shifty, a shifty revival tent kind of preacher, always looking for the next big thing. And he's yep. got this wife who's like twenty, and he's supposed to be like in his eighties or something. Yep. And uh, Dave, Dave sent me a picture of Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin and his wife, and it, it's like identical. And it's, <laughs> it, Jimmy Page, his wife is like thirty five or something, and he's I think almost, I think he's closing in on eighty. Yep. Um, and it's kind of gross. I mean, I'm sure Patrick Stewart's a very nice guy. It's more gross with Jimmy Page. He has a history of mm-hmm. um, <laughs> enjoying the company of younger women. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a difference between men and women, I think. There's not a lot of young men with older women to that to that extent. That's a mm. – um, well, who is the fam- – who is it? Was she a porn star or something? Who married that famous oil tycoon, the Texans, Texas oh, billionaire? Uh, uh, Anna Nicole Smith? Anna Nicole Smith, yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's yeah, dead now, I think, right? Dead. Yeah, they're both dead. They're both dead? She died too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dust to dust. Um, I guess. <laughs> um, who yeah, else is dead? We should may as well go down the list. <laughs> Jimmy Page is not dead, unfortunately. No, no, no. no. Luckily, uh, uh, Gilbert not, Gottfried is dead. Yeah, unfortunately. Yes. Do you see that picture of him and uh, Bob Saget and Louis Anderson that was going around? No, was, they they all died within like months of each other. Oh yeah. <laughs> the only there's one of our um, one of our competitor star trek youtube channels um i was just clicking through to see what what people thought about this one and uh just one of the comments is just i disagree with this person quite frequently about a lot of stuff but one of the comments is just i'm glad that you and i agree that the will smith slapping chris rock was not really a big deal and i was just i was so intrigued i wanted to find out what he thought about it but i uh i gave up at that point anyway back so to- that's I, that's an interesting question to bring up because I have not been looking in on any reception whatsoever of the season. Mm. Every now and then, like a couple of people I'll follow will mention stuff. What do, do you have a general sense as to how this season has been received? Uh, people largely hate it. Even yeah. people that I would be surprised are the only people that I see that really there's there's the couple of different camps. So there's the people who love it, which is like Trek core which had a mm-hmm. like preposterously glowing review about this recent episode. Um, they tend to get off on the references aspect of things. The, the next group would be like the New York Times review I read occasionally. It's written by, it's written by a, a comedian, like a stand-up comedian in New York who does their culture writing. And oh, really? he is sort of, he states what's going on, but he seems to neither imply that things are ridiculous nor bad or good. So it's kind of like down the middle. Mm-hmm. And then... Most of the Trek people and the Trek channels that I'm familiar with don't like this series, even people who like Discovery and things like that. Like a lot of um, saying that this is in the running for the worst season of Star Trek because TNG, I think, holds that crown, even with a lot of the fandom and popular culture and stuff. TNG's first season is terrible. Um, And they're saying that this is worse than that, which is difficult apples to apples comparison. But so I'd say generally negative. What do you think about that? Um, I get. It got, I guess I'm relieved <laughs> to think to see yeah. that I'm not. We're not nuts or something. Because uh, <laughs> you never. Yeah, you never know. You, you never know. You, people might be getting something out of it that we're not, but it doesn't. That doesn't seem to be the case. And it's. I think it's just. It's just too confusing, and I and I don't mean that as like a. I don't understand how stories work or anything. It's just like they're they're doing too much stuff, and none of it feels connected. And there's three episodes left and i don't think it's going to tie together in a way where we're going to look back and go oh we were wrong this is genius yeah i i think confusing obviously with the assumption that whatever is to come comes in the next couple episodes i think confusing is actually the wrong word i think it's like it's not confusing it's like incomprehensible sort of like there, there's <laughs> yes. there's no sense to be made of this that i'm just not picking up on or that things are going to be connected it's like just going back to they just in the same way that plot threads and character decisions get picked up and dropped they drop themes that you think are going to run through the season and they do mm-hmm. it for like an episode it's this really i was thinking it's this really strange mix of it's almost that their attempts to make the show episodic to like harken back to old episodic star trek is to have themes that just come and go for an episode and yeah. 
it's strange because it's paired with this really serialized modern storytelling, which makes it seem schizophrenic and not that they're actually accomplishing their story in that time. It's just that Mm -hmm. they're like ping-ponging between different things that they can go down and they never want to settle on it. And like, I I think the show would just be a million times better if it picked which way it wanted to go with that decision. If you, if you want to do these standalone theme episodes, do that. Or if you want to do this single, this is the idea of the season and here's 10 episodes, do that. But they, they like mix them and match them and not in a way that makes any sense. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the trailer for the next episode, uh, I, I saw that they were talking to the cop in the first 15 yeah. seconds. I turned it off. Yeah, there is another scene. They, 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 there's a scene. So they obviously they get arrested by the FBI for some reason in this. <laughs> and uh, there's another there's another scene that's like a our characters are held somewhere <clears throat> and can't move the story along sequence. Yeah. And I feel like the last three or four episodes have all had those sequences. And I kind of feel like you get one generally in a story. Well, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you're not, we have not been pushing this story forward to the point where these things feel like legitimate obstacles to, to jump over. Right. And so you've got the next episode is up. They've, uh, they've been arrested by the cops and now they have to talk to the police and try to figure out how to get away from the police while explaining that they're from the future, which is kind of the same thing as this episode which is up picard's in a coma can't do anything while he's in a coma (laughs) which is kind of the same as rios has been arrested by ice can't do anything till we get rios free from ice without breaking the timeline you know what i mean you kind of get like the party's the same way just you know just hanging out at a party until something yeah the party's the same way you traditionally you get like one of these things that you kind of is you're like we're gonna slow stuff down for a minute obstacle but they've done like three of them and i think that's just these episodes are just not driving the story forward in any meaningful way like this one by the end i was watching this episode in my head i'm going so is renee picard getting on the ship like did they win (laughs) did they win did they did they do what they had to do And then, and then in this one, when uh, not Laris, whatever her name is, postulated that hitting Picard with the car was part of the plan, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, what are they doing with this?" Now it's one of those things where it's like, "Up, oh, everything, it's all part of McHugh's plan. All this crazy shit that's happened." Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh my god, what is happening?" We still, we still aren't clear about what's happened with Q here whether or not he no. can do anything he doesn't show up he to talk about doesn't it. show up to talk about it i although although i do obviously this is not going to pan out because this would be probably too clever for the show i did think that maybe the fbi guy is actually a different member of the q continuum yeah i was i was um i knew something was up with him i was expecting a bigger uh, he because the way he comes in is definitely Q like, yes, like yeah. he he seems to know everything about. Or I still think it's I still think it's plausible that they could go through the whole hoop jumping in the next episode, and he just reveals himself to be part of the Q. Yeah, I, I could see that too. Um, Although, if you watch the whole teaser, there seemed to be some flashback of him as a child secretly seeing Vulcans or something doing the cop. So, Yes, uh, doing uh, experiments or something, and if that's the case, oh it's just God. like put a bullet in my head. Man. <laughs> Unless that's that is very much the way that they cut it in the trailer. Yeah, where they show this child looking on at at like Vulcans or Romulans doing something, and then they like they like uh, uh, match dissolve to the cop. Right. So I have to assume that's what they're implying. All right. So I'm probably wrong about the Q thing, but mm. yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess to just go back out to like the 30,000 foot view. Um, it's just a, I really don't know what I can say about the show at this point. Like I, I kind of mm-hmm. hate this show really. Like I, you mean you don't love that they were, they revealed that the Laris lady is also a Romulan and then Picard's like, you could be her ancestor. <laughs> and then it's I, okay. I could have cool. sex with you and it's just about yes. the same thing. It's kind of the same. <laughs> Why, like, 
you know, in a, in a better written show, I would expect that to thematically mean something. But it, right. it's not. It's just, I don't even know how they're going to try to connect the dots if they do that there. Or it's just a, we hired the one actress to do this job and we're just going to use her again in the past and Picard will recognize her and that'll be something. It's, you know, the, the whole first the whole first episode was built around her, but I could easily see this series ending without them ever really talking about Laris again. I, mm, I don't think that's going to happen. I think she's going to, even if it's just like a coda at the end where he's like, you know what? Maybe we should kiss. Mm. Uh, but I don't know if she's going to play a huge role, but I, I she's definitely going to be there some, in some fashion. Yeah. Why have her be that? that I, I don't know. I don't know anything about like, it's, it's just a, it's a whole it's a whole episode of just like decisions that don't make any sense. Like Rios beams in the medical thing, gives it to the doctor, and the doctor starts using it and apparently cures Picard just because sure. she, she can do that. He, uh, I didn't miss anything, right? He beams her and the kid to the ship for no reason whatsoever, right? Yeah, just to pr- just to prove that he's actually not from space but from the future i don't know what the, i don't know what the hell is going on with it like my favorite part of the episode was that sick painting they were doing on the uh in the the king and queen fantasy there mm-hmm. it yeah. looked like they were painting the cover of holy diver <laughs> with that that monster with the red eyes i hated the set design in the picard chateau it's like a pan's labyrinth set design yeah. for some reason i don't know I don't know. I don't, so, don't know. Can we, can we talk about for a second? Jurati uh, going to a club. I 100%. I was like, so the Borg Queen has control of a bot. She just wants to sing. Is that her thing? Mm-hmm. She, I mean, I guess maybe. And then she just smashes the windows and apparently leaves. And Seven, the next day, figures out that smashing the windows got her endorphins going yes which, which is quickening the borg yeah yeah and she figured that out by also taking a bottle and smashing the <laughs> bottle <laughs> and being like yeah man that feels good shows, shows you how far la has fallen where no one cares about any of the right any of the fucking class <laughs> oh god that the 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 seven and rafi stuff it was just brutal the, yeah do you buy them as a couple do Absolutely you, not. Do you think that they've been intimately with each other? In any, I get. I don't understand I don't, any anything about those two. Why they would be in a relationship? Why that was even done at the end mm-hmm. of the first season? That felt like such a. We don't know if this show's getting a second season type thing. Here we'll just throw this useless bone to the fans or something. But yeah, I don't know. Girardi's whole trip, like. All I got from that was Terminator vibes, right? She's going in to this bar as a Terminator type character. And mm-hmm. all she does is breaks the glass from the inside. Why even go into the bar? Why not punch windows as she's walking down the street? Maybe she went in, she looked at the karaoke book, and they did not have the song she wanted to sing. Yeah. And so. She got mad. Limited range. And started breaking stuff. <laughs> and I know someone who has done that for real. And Wes, you know that person too. And I probably don't have to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but we, he always goes to the same karaoke place. That, what was he surprised by? No, this was a different one. We, w- we went to one that was down the street from where uh, uh, my girlfriend used to live. And uh, he was not happy with the selection. Yeah. <laughs> and then, they, then he was asked to leave. <laughs> Yeah. He tried to he tried to flip the table, but it was bolted to the floor, so he couldn't do it. <laughs> well, I guess I guess this I, is the most realistic show of all time. Then <laughs> the 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 seven and Girati thing, though, like I so just to show you how unclear the storytelling is in this, from the conversation they were having, I could not parse whether or not they were still together. Mm. Because they were talking to each other in a way that didn't feel like it was two exes, like, bickering with each other. Right. It kind of felt like they were still involved with each other. And I just was really kind of <clears throat> kind of confused. And, I mean, obviously, I know that they're not together because the show has made that clear. But the way that they were talking did not feel that way. And it did not feel like that was on purpose. No, their entire... 
they they've spent a lot of time with each other this season in a way that you would think that their breakup is a constant source of friction between what they're trying to right. do and it never comes up as a source of friction. There's never a problem with right. working. And with I mean, each other. I th- I think that's part of there just being too many people in the show. They don't have time for it. Yeah, because yeah. they've spent a lot of time together, but we haven't seen them do much with each other. And also, I thought the 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 writing with for them was just really. Um, it was like quippy in a way that could have worked if they like they didn't have the rhythms of it right or something. Right, it just wasn't. It just was not landing for me. They're not. They're not comic actresses. You know, they're, right? They're, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what like it. We're just. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to say about the show really anymore at this point. They have a couple more episodes left where they have to sort of wrap things up. Um, I think that the Picard character, like, it's funny you saying that they don't have enough time for Raffi and Seven and stuff. Like, would you say that is Jean Luc Picard even really the central character of this show in any kind of sense? Like, I I don't get any sense that anyone rotates around anybody else. And I was just thinking about what Picard has done this season. He hasn't really done anything. Um, No, you know, so I think, I think it's weird because they haven't given those characters enough space to breathe or do anything interesting. Um, But at the same time, as I said earlier, these episodes just feel like a lot of wheel spinning and like they're not really doing much story-wise. So it's like there's a lot of stuff they're doing, but there's not a lot of stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there's a lot of stuff that's being done pushes these characters to the side. What I think is the mistake is I don't think they should have got everybody back together so quickly. So if you could have had everybody kind of like dispersed and looking for something or trying all trying to go for the same goal but they're they can't collaborate because they're not all together yeah then you can take time and kind of focus on these individual stories and then you can kind of bring them back together and connect them as the story draws towards close yeah but they're not doing that and so what you get is somehow three episodes at the front where every episode features them having to get back together and then after they get back together Everybody just kind of hangs around while stuff happens. Right. And because the stuff that's happening is so, like, amorphous and not, like, clearly defined as far as, like, a goal, you don't really have anything for them to do. So, like, your goal in this story was, okay, we got to make sure Rene Picard gets on the ship. Great. How does more than one person do that? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yep. You, you you don't, as we saw from the show. It took one person to do it. Okay, two because Girardi had to get them into the whatever. But like aside from that, you know, yeah. it all it it was a one conversation with Picard and she's like, All right, great, I've beat depression. Yep. Um so it's like and then you've that whole episode, everybody else is just hanging around doing nothing. It's not even like you don't even have how can you have a scene like I know this we're talking about the previous episode now, but how can you have characters that all have these like things that they're interested in and just have them dick around doing nothing because like what you should be doing is they're all at the party okay great picard's dealing with this thing well seven seven's got her own motives because she likes being human now so she's kind of like veering away from the pack and kind of forgetting about what's going on because she's enjoying the fact that people treat her like a human right rios has his own thing that he's dealing with because i don't know the maybe the doctor's outside she can't get in i don't know he's in but you know, you know what i mean right yes and like raffi raffi's have her get shit-faced and cause a scene or something mm-hmm. you know <laughs> instead yeah. of her just like <laughs> side-eye a bottle of whiskey and go oh uh-huh. elnor and then move on <clears throat> It's it's just like give give them things to do. Give them yep. stuff like in this one they have more stuff to do, but it still feels so slight because we spend so much of it inside of Picard's mind. Yeah. I think there's I mean they do have a little bit more to do. I th- I think a lot of it is still just sitting around, you know, like Rios talks to the doctor, Seven and Raffi Mm-hmm. Learned that the ship has been Borgified and Gerardi's out there somewhere. Even even this stuff though, like 
there's no juggling of the things that are happening, right? So you've got um, Seven and Rafi in the ship, and they're looking, they're trying to decode this Borg thing, right? <clears throat> then they're gone for like two or three scenes, and then you come back and they're like, yeah, we still haven't got it yet. We don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, like, they figure it out, they see where Girardi's gone, and then Rios is like, hey, do you want to come see my space? Let me you know. What? Let me beam you off to my spaceship. So then they beam to the spaceship. I didn't even realize. I thought. I assumed Seven and, and Rafi were still there. Yeah, but they're I already did too. gone. Yeah, they gone. haven't told anybody about what's going on. Like I, I thought they were going to show up on the <laughs> ship and they were going to be like Rios. <laughs> bad time for this. Gerardi is infected with the Borg Queen, and we have to find her. And you brought two normies from 2024 onto the ship. Are you fucking nuts? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. but there's none of that. It's just like they have already left. Up, oh, they just missed each other on the way out. I guess. I don't yeah. know. It's it's just it doesn't it none of it feels like it's of one piece. It's all just like disparate stuff. It was um I think one YouTube video or something had brought up something along these lines that I'm not sure. I actually wonder about how much this, this impacts, but this was produced during COVID, right? Yeah. And do you think it's fair to say that COVID is having an effect here in the way that you're saying, which is that they're trying to separate their actors so that they're not all together all the time mm-hmm. and so that they can shoot separately. And also that the prime actor is also the one most susceptible to COVID. Mm. So you can't have him, you know, these cop scenes, there it's them, it's him and the cop and Guinan. In the interrogation, right, right. there's no cops in the background of that scene that I was noticing. There's no other- also wasn't wasn't she like closing the doors on that bar two episodes ago? Did she manage to like get her? I lease thought she back? got in her Volkswagen and was heading yeah, out she to just fucked Vegas. Off to, went off to Lake Tahoe or something. <laughs> She's back and she she hadn't she hadn't closed it. But do you like? The only thing that makes me wonder is that if I was a showrunner and I was supremely impacted by COVID and it completely fucked up my scripts and fucked up everything about the year, all I'd be mm-hmm. doing on Twitter was going, COVID fucked up this season. Yeah. I, I'm sorry yeah. that this happened, but like this is everything. Instead of trying to justify it, which is the only reason that I, I don't buy into the COVID thing all that much, although I, I have to admit that it it seems like it makes sense in some, some way. Yeah. Um <clears throat> I, I would be interested to know after everything's out and, you know, maybe a couple of years have gone by and the people involved are willing to talk about it more, how much that impacted things. Um, <clears throat> because I think the core story they're telling doesn't feel super impacted by that. No, that's uh, the problem. So- like, it would have to have completely caused rewrites of everything as they were doing it in order to yeah. be this disjointed. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I. Obviously, I'm going to give and a also bit every of other room. season of these shows have been fucking terrible too. So it's not like yeah. The, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm obviously going to give wiggle room to to any show that any show or movie that was produced in that time because you know they were doing the best they could under the circumstances. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It seems like the problems with this show run deeper than just we needed to shoot with four people at a time. Yeah. Plan ahead for that stuff, you know, because they would have been writing this during COVID too. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a, an interesting side point that I don't really, I don't really buy into. But I, um, I don't know. I don't think I have much else to really say about this one. I thought it was terrible. I hate these kind of setups. I hate these psych- psychosomatic trauma type things or whatever they have going on. Uh, the Guinan stuff at the end. I don't know. I I, <laughs> I don't I don't understand why they got arrested for that. That does not no seem idea. like an arrestable offense, which is what you were saying is probably the main reason why I thought it might be a cue is because his rationale for arresting them makes no sense to me. Yeah. Well, based on the the clip that I saw from the next episode, <clears throat> the line that they draw is that uh the, I think he says something like we got this lady who likes to tap into CCTV stuff, and she lets us know anytime she sees something weird. Say, mm-hmm. like, a person, 
materializing out of out of thin air in, in a back alley in front of a bar. And then they go and they go from there. And he goes, "Wouldn't you know it? We ran your face through the database, and we found you uh, you were part of a group of people who broke into a party last week." Yeah. And so, like that's that's the motivation is that they identified him as one of the people who broke into the uh, the Europa party. <laughs> yeah, assuming he's not actually a Q. Yeah, is, is that an arrestable offense? No idea. Um, yeah, anything else to say about this one? I just I. I don't know. I, I don't feel like this this episode really accomplished anything. If it thinks that it accomplished the Picard thing, I don't really care about the Picard thing, and it's it's not it wasn't a high priority on my list of things that I wanted to see resolved. And if they did resolve it, they did it in the most boring, predictable yet strange and nonsensical resolution possible. Like, yeah, I, I think the show we don't give it enough credit for. If you stop and focus on what actually has happened. It's insane that they thought that this is a kind of happy ending. Like, they lock his mother in her bedroom in the 24th century. And that's not the trauma that is causing Picard a problem. You know, like, that's the good ending to the story. Right. Yeah. The good ending is finding out that she wasn't abused. She was just insane. Right. And chained like those, uh, that woman in France who was put in the roof for 20 years or whatever. And then they found her. Like, there's no. The, the the show seems so confused about what it says about literally everything, like from ice all the way to what they thought this time travel story is going to be about, down to trying to break down how the time travel structure works in this story, down to what the trauma that Picard suffered, down to what a good ending for the trauma story would be, and like saving a father that we had not known about or cared to talk about until the point that he appears in the story. You know, it's right. I, it's just so strange. It's such a, they're just such terrible, terrible scripts. I don't know. Well, the thing that's so sad about the trauma storyline is that they have been paying lip service <clears throat> to trauma, depression, mental illness, um, the the issues of aging and breaking down and all that kind of stuff in like very surface level ways, right? And I think that is most illustrated by the fact that they are completely ignoring the only character in this show who seems to have legitimately have these issues who is Q. Mm-hmm. If this show was more about Q and what the fuck is wrong with Q? I think these things hang together a bit better because I'm I am much more fascinated by that. If you've got like if you've got Picard who is a, a robot with <laughs> God, I'm never going to get over this. He's okay, he's a robot, but he's still aging. Yeah. For some reason. Um and he's talking about regret and he's talking about you know trauma and the, and depression and these things that are setting in as he's getting older and then he's presented with Q this um god being who is perfect and so perfect that he just fucks with everybody in the universe and now he is breaking down for some reason in the same way and, you know he looks old now he looks the same age as as Picard similar age as Picard yeah. and he is now breaking down in ways that are recognizable and humanize him to Picard and he's lashing out and doing this crazy shit and Picard has to figure out oh we have to stop him but we also need to deal with him compassionately because something is going wrong with him right something he needs help that's way more interesting to me than anything that has to do with Picard as a child playing dress up and getting captured by a monster court jester in the basement of his house <laughs> or yep. his ancestor being dep- too depressed to fly a spaceship. Uh, you know, it's like it, all of that stuff is just so they try to put weight on it, but they're just t- tackling it in such a surface level 
way when you've got a character who is legitimately going through this stuff, legitimately being affected by it, and legitimately affecting the people around him because of it. Yeah. And they're not doing anything with it. I'm sure they'll probably get a monologue in the last episode where he's like, I'm depressed too, damn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I I think that's, you know, you were talking about how these things, this show almost feels episodic the way that they are sort of like picking something for an episode and then just like discarding it. Hanging that's you need to hang that stuff if you're going to do that. You're going to tell one story, but you're going to have these like episodic beats. You're going to hang that stuff on something that the audience can go, I understand what the larger picture is here. Right. I understand what we're driving towards here. I understand what the thing is and how this is uh, becoming an issue and how it relates to this side quest that we're kind of on. But I, I don't know that because they keep introducing stuff and they keep so much stuff obscured that it's difficult for me to care about any of this side stuff because I don't know how it relates to any of the main stuff. Yeah. It's funny because I think that Q, if Q, like, I think that maybe the main, not that it's a problem, but the thing that it very much reminds me of uh, what Q is going through here is that it's basically the plot of what happens to Xavier and Logan, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, what's interesting is that if you wanted to do something like this, which is like a sort of trauma storyline with Q gone crazy, the alternate timeline thing actually works as a way to show a shorthand for what Q's derangement is turning into, where he, he can, mm-hmm. because he can alter timelines, you're actually in a season very able to have episodic standalones because each time Q changes the universe, you can do its own little thing about it while basing character stories around this idea of like, whatever Q is going through, all the characters have some version of it that's also stacking on top of them. Sure. And... I don't know. I, I it's, It just comes down to the flaw of these series like to hold on to what they think are a mystery, but it's just you don't know the information. It's not like the, the, right. it's not like there's not like something to figure out. It's just Q hasn't told us what the answer is. Right. It's like the big mystery is what's going on with Q and how do we keep that a mystery? We don't have Q in the don't show. show him. <laughs> yeah, just have him go away. And, I, I would, and sometimes every now and then someone will go, Where's Q and what's going on with him? But well, nobody we have, answers and you have we to never show him. you. You have to get the bottle out. Right, you gotta yes. jiggle it around. Uh, final point before we go, because I think we're pretty much tapped out on this one. What, what's your thought about... I, I thought that Elorian scene was fascinating for all the wrong reasons. What, what did you think about it? Um, I thought that scene was fascinating because the only thing I could think about while I was watching that was your point about how modern Star Trek is more magic than science. Yeah. And it felt very magical to me. And I, uh, like, on the one hand, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about as far as, like, trapping a moment in a literal bottle and drinking it. (laughs) If you pick the right moment and open the cork at the right moment, then you, I don't, I don't know. Yep. Um, is that how they get home? Is is he gonna? Is Picard gonna wish really hard about the stargazer? Right as he takes a well, drink from that. You bottle? know what this implies is that the Elorians and Guinan particularly are not just pretending to be bartenders. It's central yes. to their yes. lifestyle. You know, which which honestly, I don't hate that. Like I, I mean, yeah, it's kind of it's. That's strange, it, I think. If if they hadn't done the 10 forward thing, which shows a gross misunderstanding of pretty much <laughs> a basic concept of Star Trek The Next Generation, I would give them more wiggle room. But like, as an, I mean, if you think about Star Trek races, you've got the, uh, the, the Ferengi are all about money, the, the Klingons are all about uh, honor, the Vulcans are all about logic. I, I don't know that they've ever really explored Elorian culture. There's only so, been one other, to my knowledge, besides Guinan that we've met in yeah. DS9. Yeah, and he's a... Well, and then there's 200 of them blew up in the Nexus. Yes, they, they always saw that. They didn't seem to have any kind of characterization. The, the, the character that we meet in DS9 is he sets up a rival bar to Quarks. So he's kind of an entertainer <laughs> right. as well. Yeah. So, like, so I, could, I can kind of get behind them being like, the, the thing with the Elorians is they're about... Uh, listening you know listening and 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 providing 
food and drink for people. Like that doesn't really bother me. Like that's kind of an interesting sure. concept for a, for a Star Trek culture. Um, but that whole scene did stink of magic to me, and it. I think it's on the one hand it's difficult because like the Q also kind of feel magical. Just they are very magical by concept. Yes. Um, but yeah, it seemed a little bit too much like. You know, uh, the what was the thing from the last season? The conclave of eight. Yeah, the con- the, the, with the summoners the touching the ring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it feels too magical, magicy to me. And it's you know, I don't know. Yep, I I think that woman playing Guinan is actually great. I really like her. Oh, interesting. She's I I don't think the the stuff they're giving her is particularly good, but I think I'm just really enjoying her Whoopi Goldberg impression mm. because it's pretty good. I was I when I was watching the clip from the next one, I was like, man, she's got that like low rasp that Whoopi does down yeah. really well, and she's got some of her like the way that she pronounces words. She's pretty good at it. Yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with her. Um, I think that scene is just I, I I agree it's too magical. It wasn't the thing that really pushed me. Like the the I know it's in Picard's mind, but the set design of the Picard Chateau in that flashback or whatever is his repressed mind. That felt very magical to me too. Like obviously, it's with the monsters yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. But it, it is a distancing from that, and the guidance stuff is maybe more unforgivable because it's supposed to be in the real world where she's doing this kind of thing. I, I think that the reason it becomes magical is because I can I can be understanding of the Elorians being sort of a bartender thing, but I don't really. I would not be so kind as to say that, like, do you think their ships look like bottles of wine and stuff? You know, like, I don't think... <laughs> They're that, big baguettes. <laughs> I don't think they... I don't think that any of the species, even the Ferengi, would buy into that point where they're sort of like... Their technology and the cultural devices yeah, they use yeah. are literally liquor bottles. Yeah, that's pretty silly. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't, it's strange. And the other thing is that... That that's a that's a perfect example of um like this is another example of what I was talking about before, which I forget specifically what the hell I was what the fuck I was talking about. But it's it's an example of um the show being very strange when you look at the details of what happens here, right? So after they go through the whole spiel, which is taking up minutes of screen time explaining what she's going to do with this bottle of magic elixir and she's going to get Mm -hmm. Q and that'll be the thing. The thing they are talking about and the thing they're trying to do does not happen at the end of it. So they've wasted minutes of screen time doing nothing because then it doesn't work at the very end. And the whole point of it seems to be this is a great time for us to expand the memory alpha section of this show. Right. By filling in with like, yeah, the Elorians had a, a war with the Q and they settled it at uh, App- Appomattox or whatever and they bottled up the the vigor of that meeting and now we can just unleash it and a Q will pop up. Um, I don't know. It's just such a... It's a show that loves to have these long stretches where they explain something and then by the end of it, all that explanation is meaningless to what actually happens right. in the story. I also was thinking as they were doing that, <clears throat> I kind of wish Picard had been like, oh, that's so interesting. I I also have a way to summon Q. Q? <laughs> I know you're behind this. He should just pull out a razor blade and like cut his wrist because Q wouldn't allow that, right? To right. Happen. I mean, every every time there's a Q episode, all he does is something crazy happens and he goes, Q, I know it's you. And then Q shows up. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's true. All right, I guess we're done with this one. Uh, no final thoughts from me, really. I, how many episodes have we got? Three left. Eight, nine, we have ten. Three. Wow. Whew. Whew. <laughs> it's like know. it's like that last leg of a marathon. It's so close, but it feels so far away. I can't believe there's three hours of this show left. Maybe not I three can't hours, believe but. I can't believe there's three hours, and I don't even feel like we're approaching a climax. Yeah. Yeah, like I, if you were to ask me what act of the story we're in, I could not tell you. 
it's the first episode, right? Is all the, what, yeah. what can this possibly be? No, I I agree with you. It's um, yeah, it's just terrible. It's uh, you know, I I it doesn't bode well for Strange New Worlds, but it's it's just a a complete waste of time. Honestly, it's, it re- it really puts me in like a crisis of conscience with this stuff. It's like this is just it's so. <laughs> It's so bad, and it's not like it's not like Voyager is Shakespearean or anything. But like, I think that our Voyager podcasts are actually kind of interesting because we're like, there's stuff to talk about in those right. episodes, right. and there's literally nothing to talk about in this show except for how bizarre it is and how strange of a yeah. TV show it is. I'm fascinated. I think the most fascinating thing about these modern Star Trek shows, this one in particular, but I think this applies to Discovery as well is I can't figure out if they feel like they need to justify what it is they're doing by going obscenely huge all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, we just watched an episode an episode of Voyager that was about someone giving a, 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 a replicator to another ship and then everybody stands around trying to figure out who did it. And I was like, this is the best piece of Star Trek I've ever watched in my life. This is amazing. This show is great. This is the best first season of Star Trek I've ever seen. And on these shows, it's just like they throw so much at you. And yeah. it never feels like it's really of worth anything. It all feels so paper thin. Yeah. And... Like, I would love to say, you know, I, I'd stand by what I said a couple episodes ago, or maybe it's the last one, where it's like, I would rather, if they're going to do Picard stuff, I would rather they do one movie, like a two-hour movie. Right. Every two years or something like that, or, you know, however many he wants to do. Um, I And I, I, I would like to see a season of Star Trek, maybe that has less of a budget or something. Like, yeah. it feels like, it feels like it's like we have, we have Patrick Stewart, we've got Seven of Nine. We we got data. We got to tell the biggest story anyone's ever told. Yeah, and like this in this one, the story they're ultimately trying to tell isn't that big. But I think what they're doing is they're just dumping so much crap on top of it. Trying yeah, they're, to they're making the time. It's my Katamari argument. They make it big by sticking a whole bunch of shit together. Right, yeah. right. And it's it's just it's really fascinating to me that they can't just take a step back and and tell like a concise story yeah um you know as much as i kind of like was like yeah i don't know when when the uh michael chabon was saying i if i had my brothers it would have been picard just hanging around the vineyard for 10 episodes yeah i kind of wish they had done that it feels more in keeping with his character at this point you know yeah it's just that this is a the thing that i find sad is the wrong word but like if I was more deeply invested in this and I actually um, brought this character like closer to my heart and sort of cared about him in a way that hasn't been the case for a very long time, it would be that I find his final adventure here to be kind of sad and not mm. particularly like reflective of what his career has been like what i liked about the last episode when he talks to renee is that he felt like he had something to say and had learned something at that point Mm -hmm. in his life and that he could pass on wisdom to somebody i feel like that particularly with stewart's age i would just think that that would seem to be the most natural fit there is that he's kind of settled down he's not the action star anymore and the series is more built around learning from him than having him sort of figure stuff out, you know? Right, right. I don't know. It's 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 just. I mean, so, I don't know. Go ahead. Here, here's my here's my pitch for this season, season two. If I could if I could go back, knowing what I know now about what they're trying to do, what they have done, my pitch would be. You know, you do the first episode kind of the way it is. Get to the stargazer thing. Q shows up on the stargazer. Q's acting fucking weird. 
Picard is like, everyone's like, who is this guy? Blah, 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 blah. He's like, I know who this guy is. He's not acting the way he usually is. The Borg are showing up. Things are going nuts. It seems to be Q's fault. Q's tweaking out. And so, and, and they're like, you know, we got to get Picard off the shit. They're, they're, they're the Borg, blah, blah, blah. And Picard dives on Q and boom, snapped out of existence, right? So then from that point, everybody else on the Stargazer wakes up in the alternate reality. Yep. And so they go, I don't know what just happened. We don't know where Picard is. Something has happened here. Picard is in the past already. He's j- jumped on Q. They've queued their way out of, out of the timeline into uh, the t- 2024. And so now you've got Picard dealing with Q, who's losing his fucking mind, trying to figure out you know what's going on with him but the people in the future know whatever they did in the past caused this horrible timeline to happen yeah so then you've got the rest of the crew rest of the la serena have to go back to 2024 to find picard and stop whatever it is that causes this skewed timeline yeah so now you've got your you've got a, a direct thing that they're going after you've got picard dealing with q you've got these you can spend you could you could have a whole episode of them sitting in the park talking to each yeah. other and it would be fucking great. You could, yeah. <clears throat> you know? So you can so you've got that going and you've got two elements going and there's a bit of a time crunch going on and so I think that would just be streamline things and make things a little bit more interesting and you can get your themes in there more. I don't know. Yeah. No, I it's a it's a definitely a, a better setup for what it is and I don't know. My goodness, I couldn't tell if that was the sorry. There was a car, I guess, out there. I thought it was the wind, but I, it's just a, you know, it's it's one of these things. It's just my final point. As much as all of that made sense for the queue and stuff like that, for for whatever reason, it sparked in my mind that Soong is a part of this season for some reason. You know, yeah. it's just and yeah. you forget about stuff like that. It's really strange. There's just no no focus to it. You 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 build something up and then you forget about it and then it's gone and then. You know, who knows if he's going to come back. I, I really wish that I hadn't <clears throat> been thinking about this stuff because I'm, now I'm really mad that they haven't used Q as more of a direct thematic analog for, like, aging and, and breaking down and stuff because that would be really fascinating. And I'm really bummed out that they left that on the table. Yeah. At least until they cover it in half a sentence later on. Right. I mean, because... I guess you have to put in your you're, we're putting in the assumption that what Q is doing is driven by some sort of lesson that he's still trying to teach to Picard, which is the way I assume this is going to go, right? Like Q's actions here still have a bit of a purpose that was not really insinuated by his sort of early appearances where he keeps mm-hmm. claiming it's a punishment. I just I just think that if you put those two together, Star Trek lives in their conversation more than anything else about this timeline and the thing that things that Q have done to it and the point of view totally, that yeah. Picard has about it. Like that feels like a Star Trek POV and to take him away just doesn't make a lot of sense when, yeah. I don't know, he, he can carry an episode. Strange. And to take him away in a way that we don't even really know what the fuck is going on with him. Right. <laughs> That's the other thing. That's the main thing is like, you don't know what the driving antagonistic force is anymore. Right. Like I, we don't know about, his motivations for what he's done. Yeah. If you think about um, all good things, right? Q only shows up like two or three times in those two episodes. <clears throat> but what he's doing is he's he's not the main antagonistic force, or at least I should say Picard thinks that he is, but then he realizes that he himself is the one who's doing these things. Yeah. Where this, as in this one, <clears throat> there is no real indication that that's the case, and and Q has not stepped in to leave the clues the way that he does in that episode to imply that everything he that he does is very erratic, and which is interesting if that's what they're trying to do, but they're not positioning him in a in the in in a way in the story to make that what the story's about. So every like you said. They're just keeping information off the table, which doesn't create a mystery. It just makes things difficult to follow. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're done. Thanks, everybody, for listening to our coverage of Monsters. That's it for this episode of Star Trek Picard. Thanks, everybody, for supporting the show. 
I know none of you are enjoying Picard, but I hope you're enjoying the, the coverage <laughs> of this. A lot of negative comments on Patreon and the, the Discord. Um, I don't know what to tell people. Uh, it's okay. Next season, everybody's coming back. You're going to feel nice, warm, and fuzzy. You're going to take one look at <laughs> Beverly Crusher and go, man, she still is good. And then everything's going to be fine. We'll do a sort of end of season stream or something, I think, just for everybody in the YouTube channel and stuff like that, where we won't really mm-hmm. hash out, but we can hear what other people thought about the show and we can respond to that. So we'll do that. Yeah. I haven't been reading comments or anything because we don't have the time to do it, obviously, with the recording schedule, but I guess we're done. So uh, I guess that's it. You guys know what else is on the Patreon and what Clay is up mm-hmm. to with all the other shows, mm-hmm. so we won't go there. Just Can I throw something out, actually? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um. So if you've uh, if you've read my book Bloody Hell and you've enjoyed it, this is kind of tacky, I know, but uh, there's a, a series of uh, comic book awards that come out every year called the Ringo Awards. And if you like my book, if you feel so inclined, I'd be much obliged if you voted for it in the best original graphic novel category at RingoAwards.com. It's just to get it nominated, and then I think it goes to a different body to to vote. But if getting it on the ballot would be amazing. So if you guys feel like doing that i'd be much obliged and uh thank you very much in advance i'll put the link in the uh the blurb of this patreon thing all right right in did you say the name you did say Uh, bloody bloody hell hell, though yeah Yeah, is what you want yeah you (laughs) one l yes (laughs) even if you haven't read it and you just like my uh, like this show it'd be great if you but i i'm pulling out i'm pulling in the ringers i'm stacking that ballot box here we go guys thanks patrons vote for clay's book at the website that I linked down below. We're done. Monsters, the next one is called Mercy. So we'll see you then. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next time.